Hello, beautiful listeners. Before we get into this episode, we wanted to give you a quick update on our release schedule. You may have noticed we dropped from every two weeks to one episode per month for the summer. And, well, we kind of like that cadence, so we're going to stick to monthly for the time being. We will let you know if and when we shift back to every two weeks, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 147. The 90s are alive on WAVST and it's all the Atlassian updates that you ought to know. I am your host who's proud to exclaim that, oh my God, we're back again, Ryan Spilkin. And joining me today is the Barbie girl herself, Brenda Burl. Hi, Brenda. It's a Barbie world, isn't it? And I'm a Barbie girl. (laughs) Oh, I assume this means that you're taking up the Barbie core thing uh, seriously then. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, we have decided that today's episode was going to uh, try and capture the sensation of the 90s by making as many 90s pop jokes as we could. But uh, we guarantee nothing of quality comes out of this. It's just going to happen. If they're expecting quality at episode 147, I mean, perhaps some life choices should be reevaluated. Oh, now, now, now. (laughs) All right. Well, let's make everybody sweat and dance now with the Atlassian cloud updates from the last, oh, you know, month or so. Beginning with Compass where you can easily find a component's scorecards in a central location on the overview page. Scorecards are now moved to the central area of a component's overview page. The new scorecard location will provide easy discoverability of your component's health details, which you can quickly scan scores and status on each card for each component, and then take necessary actions to help cultivate better DevOps practices within your teams. Back in the 90s, I collected comic book cards and put them in little plastic pages, so that's where I would keep my scorecards. If you're a Compass user, you can now find them in the app. Over to Bitbucket updates, you can now keep pull request approvals when rebasing or syncing branches, so you can set your branch merge checks to reset pull request approvals when the source branch is modified, but keep existing approvals when there's been no change to the diff of the pull request. For example, when an empty commit is added to the branch or no new changes are introduced when rebasing the source branch. This update lets you... um, Keep your Bitbucket set up, you know, the way you want it. I want it that way. Couldn't quite work the joke in the way it was in my head, but, you know, keep your Bitbucket the way you want it. <laughs> good, good. Bonus points for the, the 90s boy bands. Were, I was there for them. Social... <laughs> um, did social media exist in the 90s or did that come in the early 2000s? I remember it in the early 2000s. I think it was maybe, I mean, you were starting to get like GeoCities in the late Yeah, 90s. and CompuServe and such, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, because social media in the sense of like blogs was starting to be a thing, as I recall. But, but like not, yeah. Facebook was more mid-2000s. And yeah. Well, so that's when it were like MySpace and that sort of thing. I ask because in Confluence Cloud, you can now follow all your friends. You can set up your top eight, 
We're mixing it up. We're mixing it up. We got to get out of the 2000s. All right. You can follow now from a profile card. So in Atlassian Home, your following feed keeps you informed about what others are up to, which is good. You got to keep on your eye on your friends and keep your enemies closer or something like that. But you can now easily follow someone directly from their profile card to start seeing their activity. You just hover over someone's avatar and, or look at their name with an at mention on any page in Confluence and then click follow. And then you'll see that stuff. For me, in the late 90s, this was accomplished via our yearbooks, school yearbooks. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about my photos because they're terrible. But, you know, I, I actually was the kid who'd like make notes on the yearbook pages. Oh, no. Uh, it was <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's funny. It's, I mean, I can remember some very, you know, not explicit. That's the wrong word, but very detailed messages with a lot of information about keeping in touch. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did it happen? No. Paper is weird, man. Paper's weird. <laughs> also for Confluence Cloud, you can learn why related pages are suggested. Just above the comments at the bottom of pages, you're going to find now several automatically generated suggestions for further reading. Now, these suggestions have been updated to present you information as to why these pages are being suggested to you. Head on over to any high-traffic page in your Confluence Cloud instance, scroll to the end and check out what they've got for you. I think it's a pretty neat grouping feature. My favorite group of the 90s was probably Soundgarden, as far as rock bands go. Green Day was up there. Yeah. Green Day was up Green there. And, then and they Soul were pretty... Asylum. Oh, man. Yeah, Runaway Train. What a probably song. Probably the anthem of the late 90s for me. That has nothing to do with the Atlassian update there, but there's my nostalgia for you. So coming, Keep it coming. Over in Jira Service Management, you can now allow customers to download attachments directly from email notifications so that the project admins can choose how customers access the attachments. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit previously. For security purposes, you may not want your customers to be able to download directly from the emails, or you may need them to log in. You can now set that uh, there's also a new editor in customer notification templates to provide a consistent editing experience with other products like Jira Software and Confluence that Lassian have updated the text editor in customer notification templates with a cleaner look, markdown support, and industry standard keyboard shortcuts. The editor will convert things like links, code, and markdown on the fly so you can paste in your content and let the editor do the work. Again, things we've talked about in prior episodes, I think. Yeah, I think they're they're just going live now. Things that, that we saw were coming have come to pass. In Jira software, I think that there are going to be a lot of folks who find this super useful. You can now edit an issue summary straight from the backlog. Don't even bother opening the episode anymore. Just click into the text field and fix that backlog. That has always been one of my little complaints, so that's nice. I like that. Another new feature is the related work feature, which is a pretty neat idea. I really would love to see this in action. Atlassian has made some exciting changes to the releases experience in Jira software. You can now add links to a version using the related work feature. So in the versions feature, there's this related work option, which allows you to insert documents, dashboards, and any other work to a version. So your team members and stakeholders can find release-related items. So the example they give is you might add links to release notes, analytics dashboards, design spec, and relevant support documentation for a particular release. That's handy. We'll give you instructions on how to enable those links in our show notes. Another update 
comes from Atlassian Community, where Sudesh Shetty has shared an update on horizontal view on boards. Uh, listening to customer feedback, Atlassian has tightened up the way that issues are now displayed on Agile boards and have included a horizontal scroll so that if you're the kind of team that has more columns than fit on one screen, for visibility and clarity's sake, you'll now scroll horizontally to get to those columns instead of them being jammed onto the screen and the readability being virtually nil. So this is a nice uh, quality of life improvement. Congratulations on the team. And that's pretty much it for Jira Software. And I feel like Madonna because the team is justifying my love for that product. And moving on to just general Jira platform updates, admins can now prevent anonymous access to your default dashboard. So you can prevent users from accessing your default dashboard unless they're in your organization. To try this out, go to your dashboards list, find your default dashboard, select the three dots menu, share dashboard. Under the viewer section, select my organization. This will prevent people from viewing the default dashboard without signing in. I guess I thought that was how it worked. So that one kind of threw me a little bit, but you can now go and actually do something in the settings for that. <laughs> you can now preview smart links by hovering over them. You no longer need to open another tab to see what's behind a smart link. You can now preview smart links, including links to other issues or confluence pages by simply hovering over them. To try it out, go to an issue with a smart link and hover over it. Those might be the best directions I have ever read in my entire life. <laughs> to try out hovering over smart links, go to a hover. smart link and hover over it. Chef's kiss, mind blown, Blah. same gift. Someone's job is done. They can go home. <laughs> and also something from the Atlassian community, there are now two new permissions that replace the browse projects permission. And this is one of those things that is an alteration to a very fundamental way things work. So we wanted to make sure we call it out. So you may be familiar with browse projects permission, being able to set whether or not a user can view projects and if they can view issues within the project. So it could be used at the project level or at the issue level and similar to other permissions mm. that can be unique and problematic. So by splitting the browse projects permission into two new permissions, users can be given more fine-grained control over Jira permissions. So what you now have is view projects project level permission for viewing projects in Jira. So you can view the project's directory page. You can select that project in dropdowns like, like when you're doing JQL queries. There's also view issues, which is the issue level permission for viewing the issues within a project. So view issues can be used to control who can view the issues within a project. And view projects is used to control who can view the projects in the project's directory. So you could see it in the directory, but maybe not see the issues. Ryan has an amazed look on his face. This is so close. They are dancing around the edge of issue level permissions. They're so close. They're like, they're skirting it. This is something people have been asking for forever and frequently often used script runner to initiate, mm -hmm. right? This is, a, this is a thing that people, so coming that, like just giving administrators the option to limit a person's visibility of issues separate from the project that's a big, that's, you're Huge right, step. that's fundamentally yeah. massive. Very, very fundamental. So we will link to the community post in the show notes. There's a lot of information about how these two new permissions work, some things you can expect. There's some screenshots. 
no sick gifts, but at least they're screenshots. So again, this is this is one of those things that you need to be aware of because it is fairly fundamental. If you are adminning and setting permissions and, and giving people permission to browse projects or issues, be aware that this is going to start rolling out. Well, to quote the 1993 blockbuster smash hit Aladdin, we're in a whole new world. It's not expecting Disney to pop up in the 90s pop references. No one ever expects. No one ever expects the Disney references. Love it. Over in the world of on-prem, Atlassian has released Jira Software 9.2. This came out August 25th, 2022. Highlights include faster loading and better performance on Jira Agile views, OAuth 2.0 for outgoing mail, performance boost on Jira pickers, and configuring diagnostic recording. OAuth 2.0 authorization has been enabled for outgoing mail servers. Google and Microsoft are still supported as providers along with SMTP protocol available for connection. Uh, So you can set up both incoming and outgoing mail servers to use OAuth 2.0, providing tight security around Jira integrations and connections with third-party apps. Pickers and Agile views get a performance boost, so things should load a little more quickly and app performance won't be affected by a growing number of elements to render. I think that that's perhaps optimistic. You know, the more there is to render, there's always going to be performance hits, but you should see a little boost in Jira software 9.2. Configuring diagnostic recording via the user interface and REST endpoints with Java Flight Recorder or JFR. To get the desired information, you can configure the amount of recorded data to simplify and improve problem diagnostics. So you can adjust settings like maximum recording age, size, and thread dumps during the interval. By playing around with these settings, you get the power to boost troubleshooting on your instance and fix problems more quickly and effectively. There's a list of bug fixes, 29 issues altogether. If you are Preparing to upgrade to Jira Software 9.2, we'll have a link to the release notes in the show notes for this podcast. Because as Aerosmith said, you don't want to miss a thing. Can't with you. Sorry, Sorry. That, was, that was really bad. Jira Service Management 5.2 was released also on August 25th. A lot of the same highlights as with Jira Software. Processing performance improvements, OAuth 2.0, outgoing mail, diagnostic recording with JFR. Additionally, some accessibility and UI enhancements. There's been improvements made to the Help Center announcements, fixing the display behavior of the announcement banner in cases where it's translated or deleted on the Help Center and customer portal. Uh, So you can be sure that changes to the banner will be displayed correctly or no banner if you delete it. You can also look at settings for if more than one language is enabled, for instance. So there's just some some fine-tuning and tweaks to how those things are working. The insight improvements that Atlassian have been working on, there are 13 critical accessibility bugs and 13 UI issues related to the object schema view, custom fields, the graph dialog, and more. This means insight is more accessible than ever and feels a lot more like native Jira service management functionality. I think that's really important to, to call out that you know a lot of accessibility bugs are being, being fixed. So again, if you're looking at upgrading, 
there's another, there's 53 bug fixes for Jira service management. So there's, there's quite a bit. So uh, if you're adminning, go ahead, take a look in Jira service management 5.2, and we'll link to the release notes in our show notes. The Confluence team is strolling into the wild, wild west with version 7.19.1. This is also a bug fix release. And uh, my favorite bug from this four bug release is Confluence Server 79.517, where pasting an image from the clipboard on Firefox while the browser language is set to German causes the file name to not get a timestamp. Ach, mein Gruben. Or du hast that. (laughs) That was 2000s, right? I think so, yeah. I feel That's like okay. they it might counts. have been the late 90s. It dear fine. dear fine. viewers, we talked before we started recording, 90s pop extends to about 2002, in yeah, our opinion. We'll, yeah, so, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll work with it. But really, it's a small bug fix release to the last release, which was the long-term release. How many times did I say release in that last sentence? And, of course, you'll find the link to uh, our show notes And last, but certainly not least, for on-prem, for all our developers, Bitbucket truly, madly, deeply has some updates. (laughs) Bitbucket for data center and server 8.4, allowing you to create consistent processes with default tasks for pull requests and keep your instance running like clockwork. You can create better code reviews with default tasks to satisfy your pull request requirements and improve developer productivity. You can now configure tasks that are automatically created when a pull request is opened at the project or repo level. These tasks can apply to any pull request or can be tailored to specific branches. Developers will no longer need to manually create the same tasks for each pull request to satisfy team processes. This makes my knowledge management project manager heart so happy. Just let it sing. I can't put into words, you know, my heart will go on over this update. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Played on a pan flute at a shady, <laughs> at like a shady uh, Boba Tea establishment. You know what I'm talking about. You've all been there. Oh, I know yes. you have. And when I say you all, I mean all of our listeners. They've also been, they've heard my heart will go on on a pan flute. You're all beautiful people. Thanks for sticking with us through this episode. If you've gotten um, to this point, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but no, it does. It, it makes my heart happy. Anything that is going to allow consistency and reduce the task load on a developer is a good thing. So I think, I think that's fantastic. Updates around performance, keeping a big busy instance running smoothly requires a well thought out monitoring strategy. So there's a more granular view for app specific metrics that have been added for when you enable JMX monitoring. If that's something you're interested in, we will link to the release notes, which links to an article about this. You can diagnose performance problems and spot issues before they happen with a performance monitoring dashboard to get you started. So there's some templates you can use out of the box or as a jumping off point to build your own dashboards for performance monitoring. Before you upgrade to 8.4, and I think I think this was true in our last release as well, the H2 database has been updated to support multi-threading. So if you are upgrading from a version lower than 8.0 and using an H2 database for a Bitbucket mirror or server, you will need to migrate the on-disk database file to the MV store format. There's a link here to how to migrate your H2 database if this situation applies to you. 
A couple of bug fixes as well. Required builds with model branch matchers do not work, and Bitbucket in no mesh exposes mesh summary endpoints. Those things have been fixed. So uh, take a look at 8.4 Bitbucket data center and server and have fun. Another bit of Atlassian news is not really product specific, but it's just an interesting article we came across. Atlassian has joined the Value Stream Management Consortium. Now, some of you listeners might subscribe to another podcast that we offer from Adaptivist called Team Titans. And I got to interview a member of the Value Stream Management Consortium named Steve Pereira at some point during the last two years, because time is a flat circle. And for all I know, you know, I'm still listening to California Love in the 90s. But Atlassian signing on to the VSMMC is pretty big. The Value Stream Management Consortium is an association of teams and individuals working with VSM practices and platforms. It's monitored by um, all the major business monitoring groups such as Gartner and Forrester. And Atlassian signing on means for them that they're going to be engaging with that community and hopefully embedding some of those best practices and theories into their JIRA Align tool. Looks like this is this is really focused on more of their Align-centric customers, so more enterprise-focused. But that being said, as I learned from Steve, value stream management is for everybody. So, yeah, we'll include a link to, these, to this uh, press release in the show notes. And if you're into value stream management, you can look forward to Atlassian being a big part of that scene for the next for the foreseeable future. In some adaptivist product news, if you've been waiting for script runner behaviors to arrive on Jira Cloud. Oh man. Oh man. Guess what? This is happening. Because you want it that way. Have we already made that joke? We have, but it's the best joke, so let's keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) Adaptivist has been working tirelessly with Atlassian to bring behaviors to cloud and We hit a key milestone in July of this year when Atlassian released the preview version of its Jira UI modifications module, which gave us necessary capabilities to allow us to develop on it. So very, very soon, behaviors will become available on ScriptRunner for Jira Cloud. You'll be able to create behaviors on five of the most popular system fields in Jira, priority, summary, assignee, labels, and description. For these fields, you'll have the following actions, hide or show supported fields, change field names, change field descriptions, set default field values. If you're already a behaviors stan, uh, you might spot some things that aren't here yet. We're building on Atlassian's UI modifications API and working with them to continue to iterate. The first release will cover some of the most frequently used and popular behaviors from data center and server counterparts, and we'll continue to iterate on that and get additional functionality out. This is something that people have been asking for forever. Forever. So because behaviors, some things to know, some things to know, because behaviors on cloud is built on Atlassian's Forge technology, administrators will need to install a separate behaviors app, but fear not, a guide with the installation procedure will be available when the feature goes live. At first, behaviors will be supported on the create screen only. We know it's important for you to be able to set behaviors throughout the entire workflow. So this will be functionality that is coming. 
And the way behaviors are configured on cloud compared to how it is on-prem has changed slightly uh, with the goal of improving the UI and simplifying things based on feedback from users. So if you are not currently on the email list and would like to be notified of this release and future updates, we will link to the blog post announcing this. It includes a place where you can sign up to get the updates. So if this is a thing that you're interested in, please sign up and we'll let you know when this is ready to go. I think that the story of how our engineers worked with Atlassian is going to be worth telling at some point. We'll get to that in the future. We'll get there someday. But uh, it's been a heck of a journey to to bring us to this point. I'm thrilled for the team and congratulations to everybody involved. Now, in some lesser exciting news from ScriptRunner, from the ScriptRunner side of Adaptivist, we are sunsetting ScriptRunner for Bamboo. The details have been released to our customers as they are, but if you were considering ScriptRunner for Bamboo, unfortunately, you're going to have to find a different solution for customizing your Bamboo actions and such and automating that because ScriptRunner for Bamboo is on the way out the door. There will be news and uh, more information from us soon. But to bring it on home on a happy note... It is delightful to to share that our ScriptRunner for Confluence team has released a whole host of free training for ScriptRunner for Confluence Cloud. Created from data gathered by the Confluence Cloud and our education teams, there are a series of videos that just cover like everything you need to know for making the most of ScriptRunner for Confluence. And everything is just free and accessible to you. We will, of course, share a link to all of these videos. They're on a page on our website. And through there, you'll you'll get links to the script runner for Confluence for beginners, script runner for Confluence for intermediates, and then also videos that you, as a script runner for Confluence administrator, can send to your team to show them how to make use of some of the functionality that's built in. So information for space admins, end user training, All of it is going to be on that link we share. So uh, great job to our ScriptRunner for Confluence Cloud and education teams. And if you're utilizing our uh, Confluence Swiss Army Knife, this page is for you. And that wraps it up for our 90s pop slash nostalgia episode. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, it sounds like you saved the best for last. I did. Uh, which was a Vanessa Williams hit a from Vanessa the early night. Ni- oh, that, yeah. was a, that was a rough that was, one. That was a rough one. We hope that this episode has been smooth, uh, <laughs> that it's been a genie in the bottle for you. <laughs> that That we'd do anything for love, but we wouldn't do that. So just, you know, thanks for listening, you beautiful people. Please comment, like, and share. Connect on social at Adaptivist. If you want us to never do this again, um, please let us know. (laughs) (laughs) My LinkedIn's going to blow up. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go take off the butterfly clips and the choker and the, you know, platform, the platform (laughs) shoes that I'm wearing. I really got into this. Again, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Brian Spilken, this is Brenda Burrell signing off episode 147, The 90s Are Alive on WAVST.
something useful to add here, and now it's gone. Oh no. 